It's all right. Um, how's everybody doing today? Are you blessed? Just so so grateful for the presence of God, aren't you? I'm I'm so thankful that we. Uh, um, it's a place of rest. I was thinking about that while we were praying this morning. It's just a. It, it's a place where we need to feel really secure, or we can feel really secure, and just completely absolved of any weights, of any darkness at all. Amen? I'm thankful that, that he came to provide for all of our needs, and, and his grace is greater than all of our sin, past and anything before us, too. That we don't have to fall into things, but we can be successful in Him. Amen. So I'm. We we got started about four weeks ago, I think, with uh, talking about love, and uh, it's the wrong time of year for it, maybe, but probably kind of like Christmas. It's 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 relevant every day, and so uh, we might make it all the way to Christmas anyway with it. Uh, so maybe even Valentine's Day. I don't know. It's uh, good stuff. Um, so we got, st- I got started, Pastor Kim, I just want to, I just want to say how grateful I am for, for my wife and her passion for God and her readiness at the drop of a hat. <laughs> so, uh, she just came in and, and shared some stuff on, on love that was really great. And I just, uh, if you didn't get it to, to hear it, go back and check it out on, on our on our uh, app or on the website or on YouTube. You can go three different places. Check it out. So uh, I got started a couple weeks ago. And what I want to do is to be able to go through, we're going to go through First uh, uh, Corinthians 13. But I, um, I don't want to, I'd like for us as we're doing this, say, God, show me something that I don't feel like I already know. <laughs> can, can we do that? Because I've I've already done that, I, I've been I've been in church since I before I was in this world. <laughs> so it's fun though to to go to the things that we've maybe heard something about before and say, God, show me something a little bit different. Because I want to really be affected by Your Word. I don't want to just be exposed to it. I want to be affected by it. And so. Um, we just established in the first session. I'm just going to review real quick on a couple things. First um, Corinthians 13, just one through three. Let me read this. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So what we did, just opening it up, is this, is this is the most important thing in your whole life. It's more important than a job. It's more important than your spouse. It's more important than your family. It's more important than anything, than your health. Because everything, and I like this, in, this first, in these first three verses, he establishes that you can, you can be the, the greatest of any, at anything. Uh, you just use these examples, but you can just go ahead and write a few volumes of things you could be great about. Whatever we're great at, uh, uh, at, and each one of us have gifts. Aren't you, aren't you thankful that God gives us gifts? 
that we can, we can uh, develop those gifts and we can become excellent at them. But no matter how, we, how much we're involved in something in our life, it is absolutely, he says, I am nothing and I gain nothing. Doesn't matter how rich you are, how great you are at making money, you're just worth nothing. And there's a lot of people in the world today like that, aren't there? There's a lot of people that have a lot of money, and boy, howdy. But, but true love, too. And we're going we're gonna to touch on that because it's not enough to just say, throw love. Hey, I love. Everybody loves. Um, and so then last week we talked about this. And I, uh, it has to be established first that, that love is the most important thing. But then there has to be a willingness to understand that maybe I don't know everything about love. If you're going to learn something about love, you have to go into it saying there's something about it I don't know. And uh, the, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, he, he's talking, it, it almost seemed like for me when I read this before that he's changing subjects just for a little while. I just want to talk about how kids need to quit being kids when they get old and, you know, but he's not. I think he's it's right in the middle of the love chapter. So he's actually talking about love is what I wanted to get across last week. And um, we, don't, we don't think like children. We don't act like children anymore, especially when we get exposed to what real love is. It's going to change us from a baby to a mature person that actually looks and acts like God. If, if we're going to reflect God, it's not going to be it's not just going to be our information. It's not going to be what we know or, or uh, how spiritual we are. <laughs> it's going to be whether or not we love. And it's, it's kind of very simple in that regard. But what we saw is I have to put away the ways of childhood. I have to put them behind me. So I'm asking God in these next few weeks, and I've, we're all, we've all come away saying, aren't you glad for how far you've come? Amen. <laughs> I'm so thankful that God's taken us somewhere all the time. But, man, compared to how much there is to know of God's love, deep, wide, high, beyond our ability to naturally know it, and yet God's going to show it to us by His Spirit. Amen? So, uh, what I want to look at today is, um, starting in the, in the fourth verse, after Paul establishes that you have to have this, he starts off describing what, what uh, patience looks and sounds like. Uh, it's a description of our Father God, right? But what I think is really interesting, and I, we're just going to talk about uh, love is patient. What's the King James Version say? Anybody help me out? What it says? It says, suffers long. Suffers long. And so I... I uh, there's an implication in there is that uh, time is involved, isn't it? There's, there's going to be a, a time factor involved. And if this is true, if there's a time factor involved, we, we sang, <laughs> I, I, don't you like that last song we sang? He's in the waiting, he's in the waiting, he's in the waiting. Well, if he's in the waiting, then love is, requires some waiting, right? And that's what patience is, but it's, it's not enough to just... I don't know about you, whenever I, I think about patience, I, I still put a time clock to it. I still say there's a certain amount of time, and then it's going to be over with, right? 
But what I want us to do is say, God, show me really your perspective on patience today. Because if, if the first thing he starts talking about with love here is love is patient, it might be very significant that he stop, talks first about this because it, it will be the thing that is most challenged in our life, a time clock. That's why faith is, is very much connected with patience, isn't it? Because we want to put an end to it. We want to say it has to happen by now. It hap- has to happen by this time, right? Or else God failed. <laughs> you know, we can do that, can't we? But if we're going to look at what God can show us about this most important thing in our life, we're going to have to start off with a perspective of patience that might we might need to let some things go in our perspective of what that is, okay? And please be with me on this this morning because I think we're all in this boat together to some extent. Uh, one of the most common things that can be said when we choose not to love is I just can't take it anymore, right? That's the last straw. They've done that. Do you realize how many times this has happened to me? Right? And right smack in the word of that, how many times, of course, I know those are, it's the same as instances, but time is involved. And we put a connection to that all the time. Kids, a lot of times, especially kids will say, I have to have it now, right? (laughs) Or don't you know how long I've been waiting for this? I remember our kids a lot of times. They had that. It was my obligation to buy that for them because they were wanting it for a long time. It was, you know what I mean? And, and we can put that expectation too. Uh, you know, how long is this going to go on? How long? And, and, and this is directly related to our ability to act in the way of love that God's going to show us. It's directly related. If we're having problem with somebody, sometimes people, could, it doesn't take very long at all. For you just to just step out of love, right? You just annoy me the way you look. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. But, but you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> a neighbor does something. And, and it's like the next time they do that, it's... So I, I want to look at God's perspective of what patience really is. Because even in the stating of that word or have patience, we put a time clock to it. We put... a. a this has to happen or else in a certain amount of time. All right. So Pastor Kim sent me this in a text. Uh, so Braden, he's funny. Uh, and it's maybe it's just because we're older now than we were when we were raising our kids at first. But he, he just says some funny things. And, uh, but, but it's kind of revealing also. Um, he says, Mom, I can't find my patience button anymore because she tells him to have patience when he's trying to talk to her when she's doing something else. Yeah. I always, I always tell him to push his patience button when he interrupts me. And he says, I think maybe it's down in my big toe now. <laughs> no, it's here on my leg. I found it. <laughs> he points to two dots on his leg. and says, this one is my not patience, and this one is my patience button. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's kind of revealing though because we think we can turn it on and off and 
We're talking about something that never stops. We're talking about something that never ends. That, well, let, let, me, let, let me go here real quick. <clears throat> so uh, he's talking to Timothy here, and he says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. So Paul's establishing something here in, in, the, in that verse. He's, he's saying, you know what? I deserve to have been destroyed a long time ago. So it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of good when we're going to God and trying to find out how he thinks about us for us to not be thinking about our good things, but maybe about the things that are, where, where we need to be humble before him, Right? And Paul does that here. He says, I'm the worst here. And I did it for a very, very long time. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So, there's a difference in how Jesus considered patience. He doesn't remember. Remember when the, the the disciples came to him and they said, "So, how many times do we need to forgive?" And it really takes it. It's not just a, forgiveness; isn't a matter of the will. It's a matter of, of of the heart, and and it's directly connected to love. And what was Jesus' response? Because what did the 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 disciples immediately? They said, "How many times?" How long does it take for us to be released from forgiveness so that we can finally do what we want to do all along, right? <laughs> That's why love wins every single time it's the winner, but it has to be yielded to or, it, or we don't experience the victory. It will overcome us. <laughs> so, in Paul is displayed an example of God's immense patience. When he's talking about patience, he's talking about suffering long. But what I don't like about the word long is it actually puts a, a time element to it then, doesn't it? But we need to look and see what God, how God sees long, <laughs> right? And this, this passage is, is interesting in this context because So much about our, our relationship with God. We even think about heaven with a time clock, don't we? <laughs> and yet we don't have to wait to heaven to experience heaven. We can experience it right now. 2 Peter 3, 8. So, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Okay, when you're thinking about slow, uh, that's, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges we have with God. What, who, who are we supposed to love first? Love God. And if we'll be honest, we put time 
Restraints on God and his promise. And Paul's talking about this. He says, you have an understanding. You're thinking God is slow. But here's an understanding you're going to have to have about the patience of God. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is, is never changing in his long-suffering towards us. We deserve, we're just like Paul. If we've sinned at all, we're in the same boat. We're deserving it, right? But God's not waiting for us to get perfect before he, he sent his son. In fact, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And when he, when he talks about with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Instead of trying to calculate and figure out when Jesus is coming back by this, you know what I mean? I want to look at it and say, okay, this is God's perspective on time. He doesn't even consider it. Because you could take that one, uh, one day as a thousand years, just make it a million, just make it a billion, because that's how God looks at it. Because when God says something, it doesn't matter. Time does not matter anymore. He's established forever. So, so there's no end to it. So when, when he's talking about God's perspective on patience is once I'm a certain way, that's the way I am forever. Once I establish something, that's the, the way it is forever. So you're talking about time and, and forgiveness and all these kind of... No, I've forgiven forever. We're forever forgiven, aren't we? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And how is this possible? It's because God is love. It's his nature to be love. You know, if... if if he ever put a time clock on anything, nothing would be relevant, right? Anything about the faithfulness of God, if he, if he ever failed at all, you wouldn't be able to trust any of it, would you? So I wrote in the bulletin a little bit this morning. I said, you know, sir, as, sir, in our lives, let's, let's take this for ourselves, right? Because we're, we're, we're the ones that need to change. I don't know about you, but I'm not the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> I can have a bad mood. Have you ever had a bad mood? I'm so thankful God put in there, don't uh, be angry, but don't sin, sin with it, right? That's where you hang on to it more than you hang on to the promise of God, and you start turning into a sinner. You start saying, that made me so mad that I'm going to get to do this to them now, right? I can even think bad thoughts about them, and I can mumble, and I can grumble about them, right? <laughs> but God says, no, no. Doesn't how matter? doesn't matter how long somebody's been there. And, and, and I think if we, could, if we could think about it this way, that, that God with every person in our life is, has, has given them Jesus for one thing, but he's also reaching out to them to draw them to a place of perfection. If anybody sees what somebody's done wrong in our life, God does, right? So how would you like it if, if, if your, your kid, I think we've gone through this before, your kid, how many have perfect kids? I don't have perfect kids. Oh, she has perfect kids. She's, she's a faith woman back there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you know, your kids do something wrong in school. And, uh, or I had this happen one time. I was traveling with my, my brother-in-law, Mark, and, and uh, uh, Trina. And it's back when their kids were just little, little creatures. They're still in need of correction. And... Uh, 
I'm just out of high school, and I think it's my duty to help them, help Alicia. Alicia, the only daughter, precious, precious child. But I was remembering what I got when I didn't respond in the right way growing up. So, so I felt it my duty uh, to correct her. And I found out that Mark wasn't in agreement <laughs> with, with what I thought. <laughs> because you know what? <laughs> he just needed me to support her and to support him. It, I was doing something that he, he probably wouldn't have done himself because it wasn't appropriate for the moment. What I heard is disobedience to me, and I felt like I needed to take care of that. I, I just see that very similar. How, how, how much would we like for somebody else to, to, to be doing something to our, our own children? You know? And it, wouldn't, it didn't matter to me how long. I remember what some of the stuff Hayden went through. Man, I, I just... I'm not going to probably do it, but I, as close as I can come to wanting to take care of some people in Hayden's life, you know, make sure they're not around anymore. I don't know. That that was recorded, wasn't it? Um, even if you say anything anymore, you know, you're, you're, you're guilty. But whoever is in our life, God has already established his love forever towards them. And we come along and he sent us to be that demonstration of his love. And if we're saying anything other than his heart for them, how does he feel about that? Because he doesn't put a timeline on things. He says they, they can mess up over and over and over again in the same day. And what do I want you to do? I want you to be God to them, right? <laughs> See, this helps me because we are going to look at some behavioral things. This is, this is not actually behavioral, I, I don't think, necessarily. It starts in the heart, but it should be in everything else that, that love has to do with that we just take a time clock off of it altogether, right? So here, here's something that I've noticed. Do you notice that, that if, if, if you give a kid an option to, to be a certain way, they will probably be that way? And if you remove the option... And you don't even let it be a consideration for them. Uh, they just won't even go there. Right? Now, kind of a silly thing, but trying to relate to this in some way. Just, just bear with me as I'm relating to this, okay? Because this is a competition, isn't it? The greatest of these is love. And if there's a competition, then there's going to be some guidelines that go along with it. And I believe God comes along at the beginning of us, and he says, this is not one of those clock-related sports, competitions. Okay. Now, we got different clock-related sports, and, and one of them that I just really don't care for at all does not have a clock. You know what I'm talking about? Well, golf, but yeah, golf too. But baseball. <laughs> that's one of the reasons. It just went in 18 innings. Goodness. You make history by stretching it. My goodness. I'm glad there was a time clock in that OSU game yesterday. <laughs> that was our friend. <laughs> and something else I noticed that just never is even considered by any of the players on the offense especially is grabbing the ball 
and running around a bench on the side and then going to the, the goal line. That's not part of the game, is it? You just you don't even consider that. I mean, people laugh at you, and you'll be really, you know. But there's certain things you just don't, you don't even consider them because they're not part of the game. Somebody takes the ball and they start running up in the, in the bleachers or something. They're playing some other game than football because football, you stay on the field, right? Something else I've noticed that doesn't happen in a basketball game is, is uh, you, know, you don't take the basketball and you don't throw it against the wall and have somebody else catch it over here for a pass. You, know, you can do that on the floor. It's allowed on the floor. But you just don't, I've never even thought of that until I was trying to come up with an example. Because you don't think about it, do you? You don't consider it because it's not an option. Right? I'd like, I'd like for us to be open to the possibility that when God's talking about patience, he's taking away the option of a time. He's removing it as, as, as a choice. Because any, if, if there's a possibility for there to be a time element involved, then we're going to take it, right? We'll take it at some point because it's possible and we want to so bad and it just feels so good, right? Like Greg Fritz, you know Greg Fritz? <laughs> he talks about his sister growing up. I guess she, she could really lay into him verbally. <laughs> and I think he actually hit her in the mouth one time and it's like, it just felt so good. That was when it was still an option, <laughs> right? And then your parents are supposed to come along and remove some options from your life, right? Right? But I, I, believe, I would like for that to be what God is doing for us today. He's coming along and he's saying, I'd like to remove an option. You know that, that, that time element that you put on love? I'd like to just, you just to know that that's childish and that you need to remove that. You need to put it away. When you grow up, you don't put a time element on anything anymore. You're just supposed to love, right? <laughs> so, James. James is so good at, at taking uh, faith and hope. We, we sang about some of these things this morning, didn't we? Talking about hope. Hope is what God's promises are they and so they put before us something that we can stand on faith to achieve right to gain so even as we're talking about what i'm talking about this morning with with love and with patience patience is not something that i'm so glad that 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 we can speak the word of god and we can get revelation on it but if it just stops in our brain and it never gets into our body and acting it out it's when it gets acted out in our life. When the truth of God's word begins to be acted out as transformation in our life, that's when it's accomplished its purpose, right? <laughs> so James is good at, at, at putting a connection between faith and the patient side of love. Because I believe everything that, that we're, we're called to, to know and to understand in God, it's all by love, isn't it? It's all related to love. But uh, again, God, show me a different love. Because, you know, there's, com there's commercials on 
and they're, they're, it's, they're good-hearted, but there's people going around saying that we shouldn't ever be critical of anything. We should just love. Love wins, love wins, love wins. And the, the, that's true. That's true. But it's very important to understand what love really is before you start saying that we should all love. Because when I love my child, I don't let them do some things. I set up some guidelines for them. And God loves us so much that he didn't want to leave us the way we are. He came and sent Jesus so that we could change. Amen? So James, again, shows us something that just does not come natural. How many get really joyful when you're going through something? (laughs) It's kind of like Jesus saying, in the world you'll have many tribulations. And it will be very good for you to learn how to sorrow in those tribulations and to really be able to come out of that sorrow on your own strength. Is that how that goes? No, it's a, it, when you're going through all those trials, what are you supposed to do? Be of good cheer. So God, show me, show me what that, that, that good cheer is because I don't go there naturally. And how am I going to be able to go there? It's going to be a God thing that I can't do myself. And what is that? What does it require? It requires faith, doesn't it? So for us to, to have the God kind of patience in order to, to take on the God kind of love, it's not just a walk that we do out of our will. It's by faith, isn't it? Count it all joy when you fall into different kinds of temp- temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith does what? Now, when I've looked at this before, you can say it develops patience, but also it puts your patience to work. Are you going to be a time clock person? (laughs) Any kind of sin we have in our life, we've made an excuse for it in one way or another, right? I, I deserve this. It's my right to do this. There's a lot of things that Paul says, you have a right to do that, but should you do it? And what Love comes along and it says maybe you should give up your right in order to enable love in your life. Right? So when your faith is tried, what's being tried? A time element to something in your life that is tempting you to give in and do what your flesh wants to do. That can be a, that can be a sexual thing. But you know what? It can be just give in and have a thought about somebody that they deserve because they've done it enough times. Right? Jesus said, you don't even have to do it anymore. It's just if you think about it, if it's in your heart. Right? So what are you supposed to do when, when something comes along like that? I'm glad we've been given a tool. Because every time we're, we're going to be brought into a place where we're not going to be giving love, The way we're set up for that is temptation. And the way out of it is to count joy. How do you count joy? You consider what what God's done for you. Amen? The magnitude of God's patience and love towards us, that's where you get your joy. Right? And when you're doing that, now your faith... (laughs) If we could look at at this... this, uh, passage not because there's 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 there is an on and off button like Braden said <laughs> and, we, 
And we get used to just automatically push, pushing the not patient button, right? And when, whenever we're going through a temptation, as soon as we give in to it we, and we act in a way that is not representative of God's love, patience isn't working, is it? It's not working. So if we could look at that in, this, in, in that context a little bit better, that understanding of it, I want my faith, my patience to work. Because when my patience is working, the thing that God is wanting to come to pass in my life has a chance now. Because it's the love game now. And I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on God's word. Why would I give up on God's word? It's because I have not counted him faithful according to a time element of some kind. Is that right? What am I being tempted to do? A lot of different things. And every single one of them has to do with whether I'm going to be in love or out of love. And patience is the first thing that comes along and it says, okay, you're just going to have to get out of your life that because of a time element, you deserve to, to, to act or to have this thought or to have any of these things that he's going to uh, say that are opposite of love coming up, right? Let patience have its perfect work. I, this is comforting. This is, this is encouraging to me. There's, there's so much about God that, that we just want to lay a promise on it and say that it's ours and we can just claim it whether we're, no matter what else is going on in our life. And God says, I've, given, I've made you a new creation in me and that new creation will only grow as you grow in love. It will only develop in its ability to, to experience of everything that Jesus came to give as you, as you grow in love. And, and right in the middle of that is, is the patience that it requires for that to come to pass. Amen? So that you may be perfect and entire. What does that mean? Complete. Lacking nothing. This will affect every part of our life. You know, we were talking about being successful, being rich, being any of these other kinds of things. It will affect all of them. God wants to be our provider. He wants to, to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. How's that going to happen? I'm going to have to believe that he's already done it. And I believe and I love God. And I say, God, I love you so much that I'm going to believe your word. And I'm not going to put you on a time clock. I am very tempted to do it, but I choose not to. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to count it all joy. That what God said he will do. I'm going to allow myself to be of good cheer. Not fake cheer, really good cheer. Amen? So I'm continuing in the same passage. I'm going to read a little bit more. We like to just stop there. It's a good place to stop, but you don't have to. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Ah, the first time we're allowed to have a time clock associated. We will get to be in heaven someday. While we're on this earth, we're called, commanded to love. That's right up until we're done on this earth, isn't it? See how the, the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and summer rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the, in the face of suffering, 
Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. What was it that kept Moses from going into the promised land? He said, I am, so, this is the last straw, right? And he just went ahead and did something. God told him to do it exactly opposite, right? What kept him? He just could have. His faith, he hit the wrong button that day. <laughs> right? He hit the not patient button. And you, it's just so important to know how critical this is. Nothing else about love will work until we take the time element off of it. Because you can be kind one day and have another description for you the next day. I don't describe people in that way, so I can't think of anything at the moment. Just kidding. Just kidding. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's, of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So I know I just slipped over into some patience thing, but this is, this is necessary for an understanding, right? Somebody other than Jesus that required... You know, when they talk about Job, you don't think about him loving God, but he did. That's why he was able to have patience, right? I thought about Jesus himself. Uh, can you imagine going to the cross and all these guys that you spent three years with trying to teach them a thing or two, showing them how much power they had, and they run away like scaredy cats, and he still has to go to the cross. He still has to, for them. You'd think if anybody had a time clock on something, anybody could do something. It was Jesus at that time. And he said, I'm going to demonstrate to the greatest degree how much, how powerful love is. And it's always demonstrated in patience. Right? No time clock. You don't have to do anything ever. Because... What I'm going to give you is something that you don't deserve anyway. Right? That'd be a good way to look at it. What I'm given, they didn't deserve anyway. I'm giving it because it's been given to me. It's part of my nature now. This is what I give, and it comes out of who I am. Boy, it's so good to know who we are, isn't it? To identify with who we are in Christ and not what the world tries to tell us we are. Amen? John 13, 34. Aren't you glad Jesus did it this way? That he came and took away all those rules that you had to, to, to comply to, just to, and then still you weren't good enough, you know? But he comes along, and the, the whole demonstration of his life, the whole the whole purpose of him being here was accomplished by the command that he gave us. He said, I'm not just commanding you to do something. I am doing this myself. Please notice. Right? A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. 
if you love one another. We can't just put our own understanding on, on that love thing, can we? Say, now I gotta come up with some good feelings for somebody. But that's not what it is, is it? And we'll find out more and more what that is. Because everything about love is an act of of faith. And it is our will is involved. Anything we do with God, our will is involved, right? So everything that we're told to do in this command of love is going to be something that, that we're going to have to do it by faith. God, I need your help right now because I've recognized. But the more and more we become, the more and more you play the game of love, the more and more you play. This has happened with our, our kids playing baseball. You know, they're out there in the field uh, chasing butterflies. Did they not know that chasing butterflies isn't part of the game of baseball? But you know, if you just keep taking them there long enough, They'll get the idea that they're supposed to catch a ball, not a butterfly, right? <laughs> so I want to challenge us with this. If the world will know that we represent God based upon our love, it's going to have to look different than the world's love, Right? These guys preaching to me, these movie stars or whatever they are, preaching to me about loving, you know, and, and they might be very nice people. So how is it going to be that I'm going to look different than the world? It's going to need to be a dramatic thing, isn't it? The biggest element being that I want to just challenge us with is we're going forward in these other things. Let's take the time clock off of it, okay? Let's play a football game. No, let's play a baseball game. That's what I meant to say. Let's play a baseball game where you just keep going till somebody hits a silly home run. But you got to wait and see if the other team doesn't hit a home run too. That's, that's amazing. Um, there's a place in perfection that God wants to take us to. There's a place in God's purpose for our life that God is still wanting to draw us to. But this is essential. Amen. This has to happen. Father, we, we ask you for your help. It's, it's amazing that we can call you Father. It's amazing that we can have, have this word that you've given us so that we can get a glimpse into who you are. And it's amazing that you had people write these things so very long ago And to make it clear, so consistently clear who you are, that if anybody has suffered long, you have. But your suffering never overcomes you, Father. You're, you're always above it. So, Father, I, I ask you to help us today with our perspective of your love and what it's going to take for us to experience this perfection and this completeness that love will bring in our lives. Lord, we set ourselves in a position of receiving that promise into our hearts 
in determining to commit our lives in faith to acting out this description that you give us from your word. Not out of our own strength, not out of our own determination, but out of our spirits. Reveal to us what Jesus has done in us so that we can rightly represent it to the world around us. May it be, Father God, that we, we just completely eliminate some options from our life. Cause us to be similar in nature to you and your faithfulness so that no longer do we see a requirement of somebody coming into line, somebody making a change. We can apply this to ourselves, Father. We can begin to understand that those hang-ups that we might have in our life, that you're never condemning us for them. You're never trying to beat us up over what we've done. You continue in love towards us with unending belief in who we are. Hallelujah. So, Father, I thank you that no longer will we wear watches or look at our phone's clock. or Not, not that, Father. But I thank you that we don't have to have this building weight that time will put on our ability to act out what you've commanded us to act out. So, Father, I thank you that you're, you're going to go with us. You're going to walk with us. You're going you're gonna to be our Father. You're going to be our guide. You're, your spirit of truth abides in us, and it, it guides us into all truth. But in the process of knowing you and studying even your word, Father God, help us to not miss out on its whole purpose of love being shed abroad in our hearts. And somebody that you're trying to draw to yourself. That might be at the end of our natural patience. Father, I pray that they would see you because we've put away that clock. And we're going to reach out to them with your heart. Your heart of compassion. Make this real to each one of us as you will, Father God. I, there's been a presentation of truth today, but Father, the real transforming power of it, I pray that it would go into fertile soil in our hearts today. That would we, we would determine not to walk in the same way that we've walked so far. But we would grow up more and more in this love walk that you've given us to walk. Lord, I pray for the coming times when we come together. I'm excited about what you're going to show us, Father. Help us to grow up in you as a body. And we know that the world will be able to see a difference from what they perceive to be love to the reality that you've demonstrated in our lives. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for this time today. We've all been changed. In Jesus' name, amen.